Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. It starts with a taste. Knowingly or unknowingly from a cursed creature who has decided to curse you too. You find yourself in love, obsessed, and soon living an existence of servitude. Ghoul's Fatal Addiction Servitude takes place in the Twin Cities of Minnesota during the winter of 1988 and tells the tale of Keith, played by Becca, Lewis, played by Joaquin, and Dennis, played by Slavic, as they are tasked to track down a missing ghoul and are exposed to the darkness that surrounds them. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM or on Facebook at Twin Cities by Night. We hope you enjoy. So Keith, you wake up to the sound of your alarm beeping as you're laying in your bed. You know, right now, you set your alarm to about like 7 o'clock and you know you have that breakfast reservation at 9 where you're going to have these two people who are going to come and meet you. What are you doing? Like, describe to us how you're going to dress like, and what you're doing before your breakfast meeting. Well, I'm going to treat it as if it's any other business day. Get up. The first thing I do is take a shower, groom myself, put on a suit. Um, a little, a little less business-like. I won't be wearing a tie today, but still the button-up shirt and suit coat, slacks, and you know, a nice big chunky watch to go with it, and just being preparing myself, thinking through uh, what I know about Dustin Edwards during this process, and that sort of mentally preparing myself. Yeah, definitely. And just to reaffirm, you know that Dustin was the head of mergers and acquisitions for Brentwood Industries. You really honestly haven't quite dealt with them as much. I mean, you probably were sitting in similar meetings. You you know, and actually in retrospect, when you think about it too, you had like a lot of power lunches with him and others where like a group of like, you know, eight of you would go to some chic fashion restaurant that was in downtown and in, in Minneapolis and you would go there and you would eat and you would laugh and you would, it was always like, especially to you. And I mean, I should really ask you, but especially to you with your sexual preference and feeling that you had to hide who you really were during all this and being around like these people who were constantly like bragging about like conquests or probably all, all lying, you know, or talking about like cocaine that they got or talking about like, you know, like their new cars that they're going to get or their vacations that they're going to take to Hawaii and, you know, so on and so forth. You, you did come across from matter of fact there's like one time where you're thinking about it while you're driving to the hawthorne country club and you're just kind of replaying it where you distinctly looked at him and you saw him like you know smiling at someone who he's having a conversation with and you're looking at him from the side while he was like eating a salad and you just kind of like had this sense when you were looking at him like fakeness it was almost like a disdain you had for a moment where i can imagine how your character would feel having to like be part of the boys club during all this and and almost having to do what Kenneth does in a way you see that Kenneth does where he has to like switch between gears of who he really is and who he wants to outwardly portray who he is, which one's the real version too. That's often, is it, is it a combination of both it can often be, but there's times where you were there with them for lunches or for dinners or going to bars and having drinks, but you never like 
befriended him. You never like spoke to him on the phone, just you and him, or you guys never went to a game together or anything to that extent. It was almost like a social, you have to be part of the good boy, good old boys network to get up in the company. And you played the game very well. You weren't like a novice at this game. And obviously you attracted the attention of people who progressed you further in the company. So when you're thinking about all that, as you drive up to the Hawthorne country club, as you're driving, you make a right to the entrance of the country club and you kind of see where like the front grass and you can see off to the right, like the golf course that is kind of like behind it somewhat. And you can see the grass is really becoming brown and brittle at this moment. You know, that's like winter fall. And in this area, it's really hard to keep grass alive once it gets that crispness to it. And it's almost like a somber feeling, too, because it's also brisk and cold outside. It's cloudy and it's kind of got this gray somber. Like when you started your car at first, you could see your breath coming out as you had like your nice like gloves on and the steering wheel. And as you roll up into the front of the Hawthorne Country Club, you know, it kind of has that road that kind of curves to the front entrance of it where there's like the middle, there's like that grass area with like the American flag. And then like the Minnesota flag that is like kind of on a flagpole there. And there is two valet people there that are standing at a valet stand. As you drive up to there, one comes walking around as you get out, takes your keys. I take it. You give them a tip. Like it's kind of customary. You've been here before. Now it's not like a place that you come to often, but you are used to the proper etiquette of such situations. And they take your keys and they get into your car and they drive off and you're kind of standing there in front of these double glass doors. And you can see also to left and right of the double glass doors, there's like huge, it's all glass. There's no like walls, you know, that show there. So you can see as you look in before you even enter into the building, you see tables, circular tables with white, like table covers of people eating breakfast. You can see like now them are really kind of dressed to, to golf, but you definitely there some of them because it's Saturday morning. Some of them are kind of quote unquote dressed casual where they're wearing like khakis and like a business shirt and like like kind of like how you're dressed, like a jacket. And they're sitting there eating usually with some lady who's probably got like a nice like dress on, not like a, a elegant, you know, over the top dress, but probably has like a nice skirt on and a blouse. And they're sitting there, you know, you see a couple who might be having a meeting and you see like there's a general warmth that exudes from within their compared to this brisk coldness that is outside right now. And as you walk up to the double doors, you see that one of the valley people open the double door for you as they open up and you walk in. And as you walk in, you automatically feel the heat surround you like a blanket. Like you can tell that the heat's on. It's nice. And you can, as you step in, there's another double door and you open it and you walk in and you see like there's a thing that says, please wait to be seated. And you see a hostess. She comes walking up to you and she has like a, a black dress on that goes up to like the middle of her calves and has, it's like a single dress. And she has like this like silver kind of like belt that it's not really a belt, but it goes around her waist. And she has like a little clipboard has like lo- longish blonde hair. And she, she looks to be like in her twenties and she looks up at you and she's like, um, do you have a reservation or would you like us to find seating for you? I do have a reservation. My last name is Caldwell. And you see, she looks on the clipboard. She's like, oh, yes. Okay. We have a reservation for three. Yes. If you'd follow me, please. And as she walks, you start following her. And this is like a song and dance that you've done plenty of times. As you're walking through, you're kind of looking at the people who are sitting there and some look up to you. It's always this weird, like sizing up in places like this. Like people look at your watch because you obviously put on that watch for a reason to be noticed. And you see like a kind of like a nod of acceptance that's spoken subliminally between you two. 
where it's like they understand you belong, that you're not trying to front. And as you follow her, she kind of goes around the corner and then you see that like not completely secluded, but it's definitely the only table that's there is a table that has like three sets of napkins, forks, a uh, spoon, has like two cups there and a coffee cup there, but nothing's in them. And the lady comes and she kind of like motions to the seat that you would be sitting at. And when you sit down, she kind of puts down like a, a menu there. And she's like, your, your, your server will be here here soon. And, uh, uh, and I hope you enjoy your meal. And she turns around and walks off. And then about like three minutes later, you see like a server come and he looks like to be like a young man. Caucasian has like kind of like blonde hair that goes to like the back, like behind his ears. Like he has a comb behind his ears and it's parted in the middle. He has like a white shirt on with dark slacks and he has like a black tie. And he, he looks pretty, you know, pretty well dressed. And he looks down at you and he's like, would you like some orange juice or water? Or, or could I get you a drink? Coffee to start, please. As he, as I lean forward and tip the coffee cup on the saucer upright and then lean back to continue to look at the menu. And you, as you look at the menu, you just hear the pouring of the coffee and he's like, would you like cream or sugar with that? Just cream. Okay. And you see, you hear like a, as you're looking, you just hear the gentle thump as he puts cream down as he walks off. Next, we'll cut to Dennis. Dennis, tell us when you wake up knowing that you had, tell us like where you stay and tell us about like what you do before you get ready for this. Well, I imagine Dennis stays in like a studio apartment. He probably has his dark room nearby, you know, and it's basically like he probably like sleeps on the floor and he has all these photographs and whatever just posted on the walls. You know, there's not much furniture to speak of, maybe like a small TV and like just like a single single couch or something and that's it you know it's like he's got a lot of space in it and whatever and you can see that it probably doubles as his like workspace as well you know that this lunch is going to be at the hawthorne country club now out of character does your character like know the etiquette you believe like know the etiquette that would go along like tipping the tipping the person who like, you know, will, will drive off with your car or anything like that? Or do they feel comfortable in such situations? I would say when he started off, he definitely didn't, but now he's comfortable enough with it. The whole galleries and whatever that he's fine with it. I was probably driving like still a beat up car and whatever, you know? So you drive up the same, I'm not going to describe it again, but you drive up you come to the front and you see like you really even though you go to like art galleries and sometimes restaurants with lawrence or anything like that you never really get an attitude from the valet because you find that like in a way the valet kind of respects some may even know who you are you know and they kind of respect the fact that you came from nothing and you're like making something of yourself you know so it's almost like this unspoken communication between the two where like they'll never look down on you you know they can always sense your roots your trueness i guess for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. And so, like, one takes your keys and, like, drives off, doesn't even wait for a tip if you don't give one. You know, they're just willing to, like, you know, help someone out who's able to go and enjoy stuff like this. So, Oh, yeah. Dennis would probably tip him well. Okay. Gotcha. So, you tip him. You see them, like, kind of a nod of appreciation by the person, you know, as they drive off. And you go inside and you see the same hostess. And she's like, uh, do you have a reservation or would you like to be seated? I do believe I'm believe lawrence miller made a reservation i'm dennis noble 
Oh, Dennis Noble. Yes, yes, yes. And she looks down. Yes. One of your uh, party is here. Please follow me. And and as you follow her, you kind of get the different impression from the people looking at you. Like, what are you wearing right now as you're walking through, by the way? Uh, you know what? Uh, I think it'd be like, I don't know, like really tight jeans and like a black shirt that would be like half unbuttoned, you know? Probably like long hair, you know, the 80s style. Yeah, you know, very p- poofy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's just like kind of dressed like the yeah. the the, the Pro- probably like has a like cross uh, on him. Kind of like definitely has the rock star vibe in a. In yeah, a yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you see this figure as you look up from your menu, and you see this lady, this hostess coming by again, Keith. And you see, you're like, yes. Here's your. Uh, here is one of your party here. Would you uh, your Would you like some water or coffee? I could have the server come by. Orange juice. I think I'll have some coffee. You know, I went here on short notice. It was a rough okay. night. Yeah, yeah. And you see, when you say that, like she looks at you, like almost like you're dangerous, but in a good way, because you you give off this magnetism. Like, like you can tell, like she knows who you are, kind of, but like she doesn't want to be like, I know who you are because for her job, she kind of sees people of status. And in a way, you're a different kind of status and she can relate to it. So you see almost like this magnetism where she just kind of like her eyes linger a little longer on you or she like lingers a little bit more when she like puts the menu down in front of you or kind of like gently just like brushes her forearm against your shoulder as she like puts the menu down and. She smiles at you and turns around and walks off. And soon you see the same server come up and he like is pouring you a cup of coffee and he turns around and walks off. And I'm going to cut to Lewis and then we'll cut back to you guys. So Lewis, when you wake up, tell me exactly like what you do before you go, like what's going on in your head? How do you dress? Like how are you handling everything before you go to the Hawthorne Country Club? Okay, so... Being told that he's going to meet some people to find someone, he's thinking, uh, I'll, I'll just dress like I normally do for work. I'll just put on a suit, tie, you know, maybe you know, do a little bit, a bit of gloves just for the cold. You know, he'll just prevent himself as a professional, someone reliable. Would you say he feels comfortable in such places yeah. as a Hawthorne country? Okay, gotcha. I would say, yeah, because he's even like, you know, occasionally, like when some, you know, when the, the local government meetings or whatever, like hobnobbing with people, because he has like has like a some influence, just he knows how to talk to people, that sort of uh, situations. Yes. Yeah, definitely. You have two dots and influence out of character, which is influence. So you know how to like, you know, I always think there's like two types of like kind of quote unquote politicians, like the local one who doesn't know how to like really dress to be in such a thing, but you are definitely being groomed and have influence to where you know to go into a place like this and not have people look and be like, oh, that's someone trying. You know, instead, you know that you like you feel like you belong. Okay, definitely. So you roll up, see the same thing. You actually, when you're getting out in the valley, takes your car. You see the description of of Dennis that you see walking in. There's a second where you're just kind of like look at for a second as he walks in, and then like he's kind of like go well, whatever. You know, as you like walking behind. But there's definitely that like 1980s northern united states like skepticism when you see someone dressed like that going into an establishment like this especially being someone like you who hobnobs and like the the in the different government circles and stuff like that dealing with politicians there's that natural like who's this scumbucket who's going into this like nice establishment but you definitely like he's not dressed for this place and you almost like and you have to realize too and i would almost imagine 
and I don't want to speak for your character, but with you being infused with Bruja Vite, that like you get a little bit like, who's this son of a bitch? I like that. Yeah, just like there's like there's like this little brief impulse like, mm, I don't. Yeah. No. I won't say anything. I'll let the help fix it. Now I'll just play. But like, yeah. So definitely. So you walk in, and I, like as you're walking in, you see the same hostess, and she's like, uh, says the same thing. Do you have a reservation, or would you like to be seated? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Lewis Templeton should name you oh, on there. Yes, another two people of your party are already here. If you'd please follow me, and she kind of like leads you to the same area. You see, just right then when they're pouring the co- the coffee for Dennis and the hostess, like here's your seat, and you see the server go. Would you like some orange juice, water, or coffee, sir? Just coffee. Yeah, I I I like it dark. Okay, definitely. And then they pour coffee for you. Now you two, well, all three of you, due to your different like influence or whatever, knows that usually a server will kind of scope a table from a distance to see when they think someone's ready for the order. So they won't interrupt you if you guys start talking or whatever. So scenes on you guys. I see we have some interesting company. I say looking at Dennis. Uh you're Lewis. Lewis. Right. And I'm Keith. Nice to meet you, Lewis. Keith. I suppose we'll all be working on this case. I don't know what the hell is this. You know, my friend, he just asked me to do this for him. No idea. Uh, do any of you knew, have knew, known this Dustin? I've worked with Dustin on occasion. Oh, good, good, good. Co-workers are best Best sources of information or something. Usually. You can get a girlfriend, that's even better. But that's besides the point. So So who was he? What's the suspect? Is he a drug addict? Prostitution? Anything involved in that could disappear him? No? Uh, this is going to be boring, isn't it? Potentially. Dennis, please. We're, this is this is civilized. Just you know, be professional. If you can right. be that. Hold that post. Hold that post. Uh, sort of take a picture of his disappointed face. What was uh, that? Pure disgust. Okay. And I sort of like just suggest himself self-consciously. You were saying, what was your name again? Keith. Keith, yes, Keith. You were saying before we were interrupted? Dustin is an acquaintance of mine who I've worked with several times. What I do know is that he's been missing for the last three weeks. And he lives at the Ellsworth Towers. Mm, so one of those up-and-comers, I see. Uh, Wall Street wannabe, uh, I know the type. Mm. He have a habit of doing that, as far as you know? Been crazy with the after-work parties or whatever? Not any more than the other gentlemen that I work mm. with. Doesn't help. Doesn't really say much about him. But all right, three weeks. Never never happened with a lot of people. All right. So yeah, what's the office gossip about him? Got anything, Keith? I don't know. Is there office gossip about him? (laughs) (laughs) No, no. There's no. There's no office gossip about him. Matter of fact. I mean, the, the only really lead you got right now, to be honest with you, is the key in the, the apartment. Yeah. But yeah, there's no office gossip or you matter of fact, like you're kind of like surprised to hear that, like that he was in the no or in the kind of like the 
good old boy, the good old boy, good old boy network, you know, like you were. And I actually like this diet to digress a little bit. I actually like, like this aspect of there's tension between the government and tension between the economy that the kind of like capitalist people who are in the twin cities, because, you know, they both are kind of like both of influence, but both separate types of influence right now. And so to have like two at the table, you kind of hear another one of those wall, wall street people, you know, as he says that while you're, you know, sitting there like, enjoying Reaganomics, you know? So it's like kind of like definitely an interesting concept. So go ahead. Scenes back on you guys. Well, we're here. Might as well enjoy our food. <laughs> I was fine. Full stomach helps, uh, helps, uh, work move along. It does, especially with the hangover. That's always helpful in some situations. And Keith is just kind of watching the two of them interact with each other. With wary eye. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just that, you know, Dennis sees uh Lewis as very uptight, so he's just, just trying to bind him up somehow. You know, just really see some pure emotions there. While you guys are all like this is going on, like waiter has came and taken your orders, and we'll just say like waiters dropping off your orders as you guys are kind of like all talking at this point. All right. So, I... Our first step after this lovely breakfast will be to go over to the Ellsworth Tower. I was given a key to check out Dustin's apartment. Alright. Well, I can't say I'm too familiar with going through young men's apartments, but I suppose it was you two along. Should be, should be able to just figure out what shouldn't be there. Do you, any of you guys need to say anything while you finish your breakfast? Or are we just going to say kind of like you guys finish it up uneventfully? Or Yeah, we just – we just and then slowly stewing our disapproval of each other. Yeah, yeah. They serve Bloody yeah. Marys. Yeah, definitely. They would give you a Bloody Mary. You see yeah. that he gets a Bloody so, Mary with like a celery Definitely. Stock, hair yeah. of the dog. Yeah, do the hair of the dog kind of thing. And exactly. Definitely. Yeah, so you see like – it goes by as you guys are eating it. I would say definitely it's almost awkward because really when you are three strangers – kind of like put together to look into someone that like they really don't know and the whole situation really the only reason you guys are this dedicated to it is for obvious because of who asked us yeah who asked you guys so it's like rather than just being like this is stupid and complain the whole time you guys are just sitting there like uncomfortably waiting for this awkward breakfast to be done which i can imagine so especially going to be like there's no conversation just the clinking of forks and like the drinking of a bloody mary and just like people sipping coffee and like probably just wanting to get it done before or not even finishing it i'll be like okay i'm done let's get this out of the way and everything <laughs> Before I we go on to the next scene, are all you gonna take the same vehicle there? Or are you guys gonna drive each of your own vehicles? Or I, I assume you're gonna drive each of your own vehicles, right? Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not going in his car. You guys aren't a quartery now, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you all get into your own vehicles. You get them from the valets, and you start driving downtown to where this new Ellsworth Tower has been built. So you guys have kind of heard through the news, through the media, through everything to that extent, like about this this kind of hot real estate agent who has been living in the Twin Cities for like the last two or three years. And he kind of like really made a mark like about a year ago when he built Ellsworth Towers. And Ellsworth Towers is like this large kind of like skyscraper building that's downtown, but is known for having like high-end 
apartments in there. You know, matter of fact, like, you know, a lot of people, Keith, who actually have apartments in there, you know, who have or who want apartments. That's another thing, too. Like a lot of it's like, oh, I want an apartment there. Like one day I'm going to get that pay raise. Or I'm going to get that deal done and I'm going to get that commission and I'm going to get that down payment for that apartment, man. I'm going to live in there and I'm going to be. But you really didn't know too many people. Now, you're kind of like you didn't even know that really Dustin lived there until you were told by Kenneth. And you're like, makes sense. You know, manager of mergers and acquisitions kind of makes a lot of money. I'm sure he gets good commission. I'm sure he gets nice bonuses. And plus he's in the end and he ended up there and you're kind of like, yeah, like maybe, and, you, and I'm sure in your head, you may be thinking maybe if I asked, I could have gotten a place in Ellsworth towers. If I really, you know what I mean? I thought about it, but it's kind of all neither here nor there. So as you guys drive up, you come across like a, there's a, like a parking, a paid underground parking that's to the right of it you know as you kind of roll up and you guys go down there and you get your little little ticket stub you know that you press the button it gets distributed you see like the the big barrier like board comes lifting up and you guys drive into this underground garage and you guys kind of park all next to each other and when you get out you kind of are walking towards the entrance of ellsworth towers and you see that there's someone there who has like black slacks and kind of like a maroon like jacket on has like this little like hat that you know a lot of like doormen wear and you see him like nod as they open the door and you three walk in and it's kind of amazing when you guys walk in there because none of you have been in ellsworth towers yet this is kind of like something that like i said is kind of newer and as you step in you see that in the middle there's this concrete like fountain that usually is outdoors but it's like made of marble excuse me not concrete and you see that it's like has three levels to it water comes out the top and goes down to the middle one and goes down to the bottom one and you see it has like cherubs like angels that are kind of like on the edges of the middle one and as you see within it's about like 15 feet circumference on the bottom and you can kind of see like koi fish that are kind of going through the water there that are kind of like swimming and you see there's this tile that is on the floor, like like marble tile that just kind of goes along, kind of counters the marble that was made of the fountain. But the thing that's really amazing as you look at the walls of this area, you look up and you can kind of see where like on top of like the roof of the floor you're on, like the entryway lobby, you know, it's about like 100 feet, 150 feet, about 150 feet. You see like Michelangelo reproductions of like Sistine Chapel type paintings. And you see it's like almost like a uh, Renaissance Catholic vibe to it. And you see this large one and it's the painting of like the angel who's touching fingers to Abraham, like, like stopping him from killing his son when he was going to give his son for the ultimate sacrifice. And there's a moment like it's when divinity touches a mortal for a moment. And you all three are looking up at this and it kind of rings differently, but especially more to you, Dennis and Lewis. There's a moment while you're looking up at it and you hear like the water kind of cascading down gently and you kind of like are looking up to there to where it strikes according you that you are in the position that you are in right now because of something very similar and you don't even know the true nature. I mean, is there even a nature to what they gave you? That's it's. It's, you're constantly in your brains trying to rationalize what has happened to you guys in your life, what is going on with your life, the, the, the situation that you're in. 
And as you guys are looking up there, you start like kind of snap out of it for a second, you two, and you see like there's people, because it's like 10, and you see that people are kind of like there's an elevator that's passed that found that opens up, and you see like people are walking out, and they're kind of like a, had the 80s, like guest jeans on, nice guest jeans, like white Reeboks and a sweater and a jacket. But you can tell by their arrogance and the way they walk that they're probably like the upper crust. Or you see some people with like Bugle Boy khakis coming walking out in like a guest sweater. You see that there's a desk that's to the right, like a, a service desk where people can walk up and there's like someone who sits there probably answers questions or calls someone in one of their apartments like that and then there's like a lot of like potted plants and there's a lot of greenness also to it that you notice it's almost like this whole lobby is an homage to a paradise you know you have like the what life of the of the koi fish the water the fountain the plants that are kind of planted and then you have this these these paintings that are up on the ceiling there that you can look up at it's almost like a new beginning it's almost like a like a, a a tribute to creation that this building represents. And there's really nothing that's quite like this in any building, especially in the Twin Cities. There's almost like a new, fresh outlook that like Ellsworth is bringing in his 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 style of, you know, that uh, his style of architecture that he's bringing into him being like a real estate guru that just kind of came out of nowhere. None of you know the man, but it's just like you see this and you feel like he's almost expressed and shared a piece of himself. And just the first impression that you guys get walking in. So you guys are staying there at the lobby. What are you guys going to do now? I take it. Are you going to go to his apartment? Or are you going to go to the elevator to go to his apartment? Or is there anything you guys would like to do beforehand? I'll snap a couple pics of the Sistine Chapel reproductions. And then I guess we'll go to the elevator. Keith will uh, lead directly to the elevator, just ignoring Dennis's pictures. You know, this is Keith, no matter how the aspect of yourself that you feel you have to hide, this is still who you are, you know, like the, there's no, you, you can be a homosexual man and you can be a man of this nature, I guess, of this, of just this, this aspect of society. You have a confidence in you by simply just doing that, by walking, like you belong here, you know, you're walking straight there. You know, this is your pack. These are your people and that, that you belong. And I liked how you mentioned that, how you just like walk straight to the elevator. Like there's no like, Oh, this is crazy. You know, like this is, you, you, you should be here. This is who you are. And that, I think that ties a little bit to what you said in the character creation where they have, I forgot how you put it, but they have like a sense of like, they want to climb the ladder constantly. You know, they feel like they, need to belong so definitely so you go you guys go into the elevator the doors open up you go to the second floor and then the doors open up again and you go into this hallway and this hallway has like this really nice like kind of like maroon carpet that has like these white flower patterns like vine patterns that go along it and then like the walls though are like a nice like white eggshell cream not exactly white white but like an eggshell cream white and then there's these like brown doors that have like the door numbers on there and you walk down the hallway for some way and you he- you see on the right the apartment number for the one that belongs to Dustin and you're there with the key I simply take the key out and open the door and walk right in before we continue when I want to go first with you, Lewis, when you see him do that and open the door and walk right in, what's going on in your head at that moment? What even matters? At least knock. I mean, I don't know if the guy's in there, probably on some drug binge, but just knock. Do something. It's just polite. Uh, it's just like, what am I doing with my life? So does he deal with that a lot? Like, like does Dennis, is he impacted by Lawrence's like mental abuse like that a lot where he like doubts himself and constantly thinks stuff like that well not constantly but you know this is 
kind of a strange situation to find oneself in. It's just like, seriously, I think this tops whatever I've done for him in the past like by miles. Definitely. Finding some dude who's probably on a drug binge, half passed out in a prostitute some, or a crack den or whatever. So as you guys open the door, and especially you, Keith, when you walk in, you see this rather large living room. And it has white tile floors, completely white. And there's like a kind of like a bear, like a almost looks like a black bear, like kind of rug, throw on rug that's on the floor. And you see like there's this black leather couch that's kind of like on one side of that rug. And then you see there's like a, a bla- another black leather couch that's there. You see that there's a rather large projector TV, meaning like the TV that has the projector in the back that puts images on the TV. You see that there's like a VCR player and a laser disc player that's on there. You see that there's like these nice like lamps that are in the corners of this room. You see there's this cabinet. Like you walk in, it's like a cabinet. It's like five feet tall that has like a receiver, has a CD player, has a tape player, has a record player. And as you're kind of looking up into the corners, you see that there's speakers that were like installed in the corners of the apartment. You see that there's art that is on the wall. Matter of fact, you see, Dennis, a picture of yours. You see, it's this picture that you took at this cafe in the suburb of the Twin Cities. And it was like of a, a old couple who was having like a cup of coffee together. And you just took a picture of both their hands from their forearms down, cupping these these hot cups of coffee with like the steam coming off. It's actually black and white. And you see that it's rather large and it's on one of the walls. You know, that was a piece that cost easily like $1,500 that you sold right when Lawrence kind of gave you your your little bump into the to the to the scene and then you see like there's modern abstract like painting with like random color shapes that are along the walls and you see that there is end tables by the couch that kind of have like lamps on there too but there's really no like personal pictures or anything like that in the living room and then you see on the left there's like a kitchen area like kind of like where you can see if you were going to the kitchen you walked up to a kitchen counter you could look into the living room you could see the living room for there or on the other end there's like bar stools where someone could walk from the living room sit on the bar stools and if someone on the other end gave them food or you know like made them a drink they could sit there and drink it and you see within the kitchen there's like all these like chic new appliances like a microwave and you see like there's dishwashers and this fridge that has like an ice maker that has like double doors and you see like hanging in the middle there's like this wooden kitchen island where like people could prepare food and hanging above the kitchen island there's like pans and pots and like spatulas and stuff that this person could grab real quick while they're preparing food and then you see there's a hallway on the left that kind of like goes down and you just kind of look at the hallway both of you see there's one door on the right and then there's one door at the end of the hallway so this is what the young man lives in nowadays. Uh, bit tacky. Keith will kind of look over his shoulder and give Lewis the side eye, but um, will start to make his way towards what is um, at the end of the hall, looking more for an office space. Well, how does it make you feel, Dennis, to see one of your pictures up on this guy's wall Like when you walk in here? I'm like, Wow. I've really made it. Yeah, like it's definitely like one of your expensive pieces that you see there. I would assume it's like a kind of ego boost. You see Keith will walk like again, like he belongs. Like Keith is has this power walk that he does. And it really I assume like gets grates under your skin, Lewis, a little bit because it's that corporate, young, arrogant Wall Street, not good for the community 
quote unquote community, not good for, you know, like good of the people, quote unquote, good of the people. And they walk like they run things while you are a humble public servant, simply just trying to help others out. And you see as they, as Keith walks down the hall, he stops and looks at the right. Keith, you see the doors partially like kind of open, like maybe like a foot, you know, from the, the foot open. You look in and you see that there is, it looks like there's an office there. And you kind of catch the corner of a desk there. Catching the corner of the desk, I'll slowly open the door, waiting to see if I catch any movement based off of the slow opening of the door. When you open the door, you don't see any movement. What you see is when you fully open it, you see on the the left side of the office, there's a treadmill. And you see the treadmill is kind of like facing this like picture window that's like facing outside the tower. It's not too high because it's like, technically like the third floor of Ellsworth Towers, even though it says second, but you can kind of see like some of the streets and traffic outside. Then you see like a large desk that is on there. And on the desk, there's a bunch of papers that are thrown about and like a nice calculator, one of those rather large calculators that have like the spinning paper on there for like quick accounting. And you see there's a typewriter. Is anyone going to look in the room or anyone want to look in the room or what, what are you guys doing when you see this room open? Yeah, Lewis will give it a look around. What about you, Keith and Dennis? Oh, the first thing that I'll be going for is the obvious things, but then also looking for more sly stuff, kind of pet projects okay. in the back of his mind. And what about you, Dennis? Uh, Dennis will start looking in like where people might hide things, you know, if there's something under the floorboards or anything, or like hidey holes. Yeah, so I need you all three to roll me a perception and investigation difficulty six, please. And let me know what you got. Didn't take any investigation. Does that mean I can't roll it at all? Yeah, I I believe believe that. Knowledge is, yeah. Yeah, you can't roll it. So you're looking around, though. I'll let you roll perception and alertness if you want to roll perception and alertness, Dennis. Difficulty eight, your call. Okay, I'll roll perception and alertness. I got nothing. I noticed nothing. All right. I it- will be using my aspects, and I have acute vision. So, what's the difficulty? We'll lower it down to seven. Seven. So, with my acute vision merit, that'd be six, and with aspects, five. Okay, go ahead. I got three successes. There we go. Three successes. While you are looking through, you go there with a sense of purpose, Keith, because you realize that, like, you know, this is, this is, this is in family. And I don't mean like you look at these people like your family, but this is like in house, you know, you were put quote unquote in charge of this, but like you got fixed shit. This is the company. This is your company that you, you know, that you work for. Like I would even say now you, when you first started working for Brentwood industries, it was more like, I got to climb up this corporate ladder so I can get all the shit I want. But now you feel like a weird sense of loyalty almost to it because of Kenneth. And so you attack these these pieces of paper and you find one, right? Like you start moving because this desk is kind of cluttered, you know, and you're kind of like moving shit around and you kind of notice you right away, you see like, oh, wow, that's a Brentwood industry letterhead. And you see that it is a memo that is from someone named Jonathan Chase requesting a one-on-one meeting with Dustin involving some findings. It, sound, it looks like it's kind of official though. But saying that it's almost looks like a human resources letter, but it's not from the human resources department. It's just from this Jonathan Chase individual. And it's asking to call him at, and it has a phone number there to set up a time to meet. 
and you're looking at this and you know like where you look like you're like okay like you have dealt with like people being laid off you've actually caused some people to get fired before you see this and you know this is like a serious kind of memo and you, could, and you can almost tell by the inconspicuousness of the letter and it is actually dated about a month and a half ago and then you while you're going through the desk and you're trying to look around the room dennis and you're like trying to find like some hidey hole stuff and you don't find anything but you go you see her looking at this piece of paper at the desk and you see that there's like a lot of stuff at the desk so you just start moving stuff around the desk and you see you find two things you see what looks like kind of like like you're looking at it and you're like what the fuck is this and you see his name dustin edwards and then you're like why is it like what is this is this divorce paperwork and you're seeing like it's like has someone the name of mary edwards and it has some about like custody of two children and you're and you're kind of like it's it's staple papers and you're looking through and you realize that like i think this guy got divorced not too long ago and it looks like like this is something like saying she has custody of the kids and like alimony but it's all like legal mumble jumbled and do you have anything in in law let me look here you do not have anything in law so it's really hard but you see like the divorce decree and you're just kind of like trying to piece it together there through your hungover haze as you're looking at it and then when you see him looking at that keith you see a checkbook as you put like you put that piece of paper down or you hold on to it. yeah the corner yeah you see the corner of a checkbook sticking out underneath some papers and you like kind of like get the checkbook and you're looking at it and you're like expecting because you know you know your checkbook you have everything meticulously put down right like what you wrote a check for and it's like how you track your budget but you're looking through here and it's like and you're looking through the carbon copies of the checks and you see like this is just this check written to the same person there's a check written like every month and it's written to uh, robert sanders real estate that's for like 750 dollars. and you see one is like from like july 1st one is from like june 1st one's from you know you kind of like seeing that it's around the same time and that's what you guys find in that room. Go ahead, scenes on you guys. All right. I didn't find anything. You find anything? Divorce papers. Dustin was getting divorced. I think he already is. Here's the custody agreement. Here, let me let me take a look at that. I don't remember Dustin ever mentioning a wife. Here you go. And as you're looking at it, and I, I could say almost too, since you have law. Lewis, you can kind of like look over his shoulder while he's looking over it. And you see like Keith is looking through it and you're definitely, oh yeah, like you're seeing it. It's like, you know, this is an effect. And it was like six months ago that the divorce was finalized. And you see that they actually had been married for at least like 10 years. They have two kids, like ages nine and five. And you see, he agreed to pay like a thousand dollars a month for alimony. And he agreed to pay like 500 per child of his. And he could have visitation on the weekends. And it was finalized about like six months ago. So yeah, this guy was married. And you're kind of caught off guard too when you see that, Keith, because it's almost like the way this man acted and the way this man talked, he didn't act like a married man. And you have like flashbacks again to like these power lunches where he's having like a drink and he's talking about like some date he has or some conquest that he has or how he's going to take some woman to like some new hot movie that's coming out or some Beverly Hills cop too that's just coming out. And you're just kind of like, and you realize that like he was faking it or maybe he wasn't maybe his whole persona was to fit in and it kind of brings this like sense almost like who else at that table wasn't their true selves is anyone at that table their true selves like what are they trying to aspire and trying to act to be you know so all right scenes back on you guys divorce eh? i've been to that not the best but 
Uh, you get past it. You get over it. You learn your lessons. And so, does it say when he was divorced? Looks here about six months ago. And six Keith months. will kind of point on the yeah. document. There are kids in the mix? Mm, two. Nine uh, and five. I'll dodge that bullet. Uh, some Not so lucky. Well, I did find something else interesting. What? This letterhead, and I'll, I'll give Lewis the Jonathan Chase letter. This is unusual. It looks like it's an HR letter, but it's not quite. And it's a, it's a little bit longer than his disappearance, but it's pretty close. Hmm. All right. Any idea who this Chase guy is? You don't have any idea, Keith, who who this Chase person is, but you know that they probably work for Brentwood Industries like you do. I mean, Brentwood Industries has like 200, 300 employees, you know, at the moment. But yeah, definitely. Well, let's see. Just divorce. I'm going to run off by myself. I mean, some people don't always take this. So lying down, it gets messy. Do you have any close friends apart from work? I don't know. I did not personally associate with him. But uh, kind of looking through the checkbook, handing it off to the next person who grabs it, he has some association with this Robert Sanders within real estate. That name, Lewis, like when you hear her say that, you're like, oh. you're, you're kind of like, oh, really? Like who? Like, because... Robert Sanders, real estate, are people who kind of deal with like, you know, the guy. Now, you're not like friends with him or whatever, but he's kind of like a guy who rents out like shitty apartments to people, kind of has like, you know, rents out like, like, I don't want to say slumlord kind of, but he pretty much is. And you know, because you know, through circles, like he's always like, he's getting hit by government citations for shit all the time. And you almost know, though, in a way that like, some of the fellow government workers that you deal with also like kind of know they need to get cash. They can hit him up and find like things that are wrong. And rather than find him, he'll pay under the table. You know what I mean? And kind of like, he's like looked at as like a investment for some people that you deal with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know that guy. I know that guy. Uh, not yeah, real estate. Usually the places he rents out, uh, usually what happens is that the any street work on them, usually the crews get held up. Or There's always some kind of trouble going on there. So always like, always getting complaints from those guys. Uh, it's, it's horrible. It's horrible. But he also, if you need money, he's some certain circles, he's a guy to go to. So, so, uh, so, to me, it's sounding like maybe this Dustin guy got upset over this divorce. Maybe he's, you know, went a little crazy with the money, got some money, made some bad deals, couldn't pay it back, got caught up in whatever. But then, uh, I don't know. It's a possibility. It looks like he was paying Robert quite a sum of money every month. So that doesn't sound like it'd be too far off if Robert's this money mover that you're saying. Yeah. I'll look around a little bit more. Is there any kind of day planner that he might have had just laying open, something that can kind of give us a clue as to 
what he might have been doing on a more day-to-day basis. You don't see anything like that, really? I mean, you guys kind of look through there, and, and it's this is pretty much what you guys, like, found at the moment. You know, you know, there's the bedroom still that hasn't been looked at, but in this room, that's all that's been in there. Okay. Well, I will promptly head to the bedroom, but instead of just walking right in, I will pause at the door and then slowly open it again. Uh, oh, you- again, like at the back of Lewis's mind, does no one knock anymore? You see Keith walk up and slowly open the door after pausing. And as he opens the door, you see that this large king size bed that has cast iron canopy on there. And it's made, it has like kind of like these really like fluffy white pillows and white comforter. And you kind of make out there's like a sky blue like sheet. It looks like underneath it that you can only imagine is probably silk because who doesn't have silk sheets? And so then you see like that straight ahead. And when you look to the right, you see like there's this nice like black wood dresser that has like a mirror behind it, but he put like a TV with a VCR kind of on it to where like it's still, he could see himself in the mirror if he wanted to. And then you see there's like this weightlifting bench and kind of like an ab catalyst machine that's kind of off in the corner there. And then you see there's this large like walk-in closet that is a sliding closet. It's kind of slid closed at the moment. And you see there's like a bathroom entrance there. The door's open. You kind of see like one of those like really fancy showers that have a like glass encasing that's around them. That's kind of like on to the end. And like one of those sinks that are above the the actual rather than within the, the, the counter. And you see like all these colognes and all this different type of stuff that is in there. Go ahead. Scenes on you guys. What are you guys doing? So can we like there's like no sign of everyone's been in there for a while? No, there there isn't. There isn't. All right, yeah. I'm I'm gonna do that actually. First thing I was gonna see like has he been here recently? Has like you know clothes packed, anything like that? All right, so everyone give me a perception investigation roll difficulty six, and I'm going to let you do perception and awareness alertness roll difficulty six. Dennis, that it goes from eight to six because of your merits that you have. Oh, actually you made it that one. I got three successes. I got one. I also got one. So you guys are all like looking around, combing around this room, and you see Lewis open up this walk-in closet. Lewis, you walk, you open it up, and it's it is you slide it, and it's kind of like like six foot deep. You know, like you can go six feet into it, and along the wall, there's like where the suits are. There's like a bunch of suit jackets and pants and stuff like that hanging off there. You see, like there's different ties. There's like a tie hanger thing that will rotate if you press the button and like move a tie so you can get it and you see though there's like a tripod in there for like a vhs camcorder mm-hmm. you see there's a tripod and then there's like a the large camcorder that's like on the wall it's not on the tripod on the tripod and you're looking around and you kind of like step in the closet and you're looking and you see and it's almost like you pull upon that government inspector in you that you had when you first got into public service work, when you were going into restaurants and you were like checking to see how, you know, restaurants were there. Cause that's how you started. You originally got your foot in the door that way and you're looking and you're being discreet and you see though, you notice that like the paint shade is white, but then you notice there's like a certain area where it's like brighter white, just, just a tad bit brighter. And you're like, and you go and you like, push aside some suit jackets and you go put your hand on it and you realize that's almost like a, it's almost like an, uh, like a panel, like almost like the electric panels that circuit breakers are in like uh-huh. houses, but it's painted and it's hidden. And you almost wouldn't have noticed it a little bit, you know, and even like the little, where you put your finger in to pull it out it is, is even like painted white to where it's not easily detectable. 
What are you doing? I'm going to tug it open. What's inside? You pop it open and you see that it goes about a foot into the wall. And you see that there's all these VHS tapes that are in these, like the old plastic black VHS thing, boxes that you put them in that you pop open. That used to go pop when you'd open them up. And then you see there's like about three rows of about 15 tapes. And then you look and you see like on the bottom, you see like a manila folder with like like a half inch of paperwork in there. Huh. I think that's like someone's secret stash of stuff. All these new v- cassette, VHS cassette tapes. What happened to go old? Uh, well, never mind. So do I want to look at these things? I mean, considering the guy, uh, I'll take the, like take a couple of the VHS. VH, the video cassettes and the vanilla folders like found this in the turn it was like found this in the closet you guys see where lewis walks out of the closet and he's holding like the manila envelope and he's holding like two vhs tapes in his hand and you see by the way dennis you see like the camcorder and the tripod when he opens it up in there now you see him walking out with the vhs tapes i have like i don't know what's on these but i really am Hesitant to look into them, considering the, the place. And yeah, I, uh, you, uh, you, you might want to. Keith will take. I will take the uh, VHS tapes from him and kind of look at him. Sometimes people put tapings on the sides. Is there anything written on them? You see a date, and it says like five. To that's forward slash to forward slash nineteen eighty eight, and then you see on the second one it says like four slash seventeen slash nineteen eighty eight, and uh, you recognize Dennis by the way that this camera, the camcorder, and that the tripod is like a high end one. It's not like a recreational one. You're kind of like, wow, that's fucking pretty nice, you know, piece yeah. of equipment right there. Sort of, hmm, did. This Dustin show any interest in photography? You never heard him ever mention photography or anything like that. If he did, he never shared those kinds of hobbies at the table. All right, uh, well, let's, let's see what's in this little folder thing. I open the folder and like, are they like paper? Or are they like photos? Where are they? It's paper, and I need you to give me an. Uh, let's give me a perception. And do you have business? I have finance. Yes, perception of finance, difficulty six. I got two successes. While you're looking through the paperwork, you realize that it is looks like business and stock transactions between like him personally to a company called Madrid Imports. And you're kind of like just looking at it. I mean, you don't know what Madrid Imports is or anything like that, but it looks like and you're looking through it and you're kind of like, these are some like, this is some like, more transit transactions almost like something that would be done by like a company in a way but through him and this madrid imports yeah it's like some kind of business papers him he's doing some kind of like number crunching for this madrid business madrid imports he this you work with this company or something company doesn't ring a bell to you at all frowning i'll take i'll pass off the vhs's to dennis and I'll take the papers instead and start flipping through them myself. Yeah, and you're definitely like it reaffirms what he said. You're definitely looking. You're like, what though? You're like, this is some like, you're starting. To, give me a perception and actually give me an intelligence and a finance. Holy cow, that's a lot of dice for you. Difficulty six, please. Two successes. Okay, so you're looking through it and you're like, oh shit. You're like, if you don't know for sure 
but you think like some kind of like underhanded shit was going on between Dustin and this Madrid imports, and you think maybe it might have been some insider shit while for Brentwood Industries. Like he was sharing insider information about Brentwood Industries with this Madrid imports. But you're not sure. You're not quite sure, but like like you you kind of know where you think like, oh man, this could probably be it, but you you're not a hundred percent sure. I'd say like 30%, you're like, oh, this is looking like that. It could possibly be that, but you would need more data, more information, a lot more than you see here in this piece of paper here. But definitely doesn't look on the up and up. I would say that. Dennis, you have these two VHS tapes in your hands. What are you doing at the moment? Is there a VHS player here? Yeah, there's one actually in the bedroom, and there's one in the yeah. living room on a bigger TV. Nice. So let's go watch on the bigger TV. So you're going to walk into, you see Dennis leave. And, and Dennis, like, and I think that makes sense with your background and everything. Are you wanting to go to the bigger TV because you feel like, you know, the, do the artist in you and just kind of like wanting to see this and it's with the nicer camera and like, is that how you kind of like tie that together? Like, oh yeah, you, just, you know, making sure it's best possible quality. And... So you walk into the, you see Dennis walk in the living room. Are you two following? Or are you guys just going to stay there and look at the paperwork? Uh, it, it's your call. You don't have to follow if you don't want, or you can. I will take the paperwork, fold it, put it back in the envelope, and promptly tuck it into my inside pocket and clasp my jacket clothes. Then right. follow. You see her do that, Lewis, as you guys walk into the living room i mean not like she's trying to be like sneaky kind of puts it away and walks with a sense of purpose unless you were trying to hide it if you want to try to hide it we could have you roll i don't want to like assume that he's oh like, no yeah. he's being very intentional about that putting it away and being yeah. like this is my information now yeah. alpha male stuff like this is mine step away wolf of wall street stuff yeah definitely for sure so you walk in and you see dennis walks and he turns on the tv and you see him like pop one of the cases open and he puts a tape in there and there's a moment where like you're watching as he puts it in there. You're standing in front of this large TV. And it, and you're like, Dennis, it's almost like you see when it comes on, you see like Dennis is like a silhouette against it as you guys go stand next to him. And he's looking and you see like for a second, the TV comes on and you see that there's this lady that is laying in that bed that you guys just saw. And you see she's kind of like wearing like this nighty, but like when you look closer at her face and at her hair, you're kind of realizing that like, especially you Keith, you realize that like this isn't the quality of women that you have seen men of yours and of Dustin and other people's status. You could see like she's wearing something like a woman of that status, like when they would go buy like a gift, an expensive nighty or something like that and brag about how they're going to give it to one of the ladies or whatever. You can see that that's on there, but you can see that like she's not meant to wear something like that. And you see a moment then where you see walking from behind the camera you see the backside of a man walking up like a completely naked man as he walks up to this lady and you see he starts to be intimate with her but not like in a romantic kind of way and there's a moment while you and it, it almost like seems to like this seems to pull from the beast within all three of you like where someone normal would probably be like oh, i don't want to see that shit and like turn it off i don't want to see it or turn, someone turn around and walk in disgust there's a moment where like that that feeling in the back of your head and the back of your neck, like where your shoulders tense up for a moment 
where lately for like the last however long you've had your relationships where you get a little extra ornery when like you see someone walk into a country club who doesn't belong or you see someone who's like trying to get in on your action at your company or you see like a painting of your or a picture of yours that just isn't fucking passing the test and you're getting fucking pissed off or you see like a review for a picture of yours that you want to go find that review and beat their fucking ass and show them that they don't know what the fuck they're talking about that comes up while you're watching this and there's a moment where you are watching this and you realize that the lady is just there she's not in the moment like like she doesn't want like not that she doesn't not that she's being sexually assaulted but she is probably getting paid and she's just waiting for it to be done but you notice that dustin and you know at this point this is dustin this is the man that you saw the picture of keith you see he's getting frustrated during the act and you see a moment where like he's almost gutturally grunting and you see his hand slowly like go around this lady's neck and you see at first she thinks that he's just trying to like be somewhat rough during it and then eventually you just see his hands clasp and you see a moment where like her eyes kind of open and she seems more aware of the situation that's going on you see her trying to like get his hands from like around her neck like she's trying to like peel his hands off and you see it goes from i'm trying to peel your hands off to where she's trying to grab it and you see just him he just starts like yeah ah, ah. he's like screaming as he's like choking her not like he's having pleasure but almost like his beast is coming out like a beast in him like he's screaming out of anger he's not screaming out of pleasure he's screaming out of anger matter of fact you see like while you're picturing all this that he's not even having intercourse with her anymore he's just choking her and you see there's a moment where like it just seems to go on for an eternity for like two minutes until finally her her, uh, her hands start fighting weakly and they just fall to the wayside and you see that this moment you notice that he is like not inside her anymore he's actually like straddled her on the edge of his bed and he's just choking her and you can get a side picture of it and you see like his face is an inch within hers and he's like screaming while he's doing it and blood is or a uh, uh, spittle is like hitting her fa- her her slack face and then this goes on for a moment and then you see like he lets go and you see like he steps back like almost like a shock like a cattle prod hit him like 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 he's just realizing what the fuck he did and you see him like look at the camera like in a shocked way and he runs up to the camera and he grabs and he just starts screaming ah! oh hello again folks I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions so that your media could give the attention you deserve. The group is specifically run with the sole intent of being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow. With new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.